To you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Welcome to Being Green. Last week, my colleague John Richards spoke on this program about the latest IPCC, or Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's sixth climate change assessment report, which had been published a few days earlier. It was the first time since 2014 that the UN body had released one, and it came just under three months ahead of COP26, which will see delegates from 196 countries attend talks in Glasgow, a meeting that's widely seen as one of the last chances for the world to agree to limits on green greenhouse gas emissions. The IPC report's warnings are stark and it places the blame for changes in the world's climate squarely on the shoulders of humans. It's such a huge story that I thought it merited a second take, so I'm very pleased to be joined on the line now by Francois Engelbrecht, a professor of climatology at Witts University's Global Change Institute, who is one of the lead authors of the report. Prof, let's start with that very small little bit of good news. While it's being described as a code red for humanity, there is still hope that we could avoid a catastrophe. Thank you, Glennis, for the invitation to talk to you today about the IPCC climate change assessment report. Yes, the good news is that as we are talking today, humanity still has the future in its own hands. So we will, as a species, through our decisions, determine the extent of future global warming. Um, specifically, the report has assessed that with a best effort mitigation effort that starts immediately, chances are still excellent that we will be able to restrict global warming to below 2 degrees Celsius. But this obviously requires a major effort on the part of all countries, a revolution, one might say. Do you think that the findings of the IPCC report will have the desired impact on policymaking at COP26? Well, firstly, what we have to do is extremely challenging. We have to cut greenhouse gas emissions with a massive 50%, more or less, by the year 2030. So carbon dioxide emission reductions need to start immediately, already in the 2020s. And then after halving emissions by 2050, we need to press on and reach net zero emissions by the end of about 2050. So it's an immense challenge that awaits. As it is, uh, it's already more likely than not that we will exceed the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold of global warming. So towards the 26th conference of the parties, I think we can only hope, of course, that all the nations of the world, and specifically the big industrialized economies of the Northern Hemisphere, will be taking strong action and increase the ambition in terms of the commitments they are going to make in terms of greenhouse gas emissions into the future. What commitments are you actually asking them to make? What do you want them to decide? Well, the first is about climate change mitigation. Effectively, we need all the big industrialized economies for a start to commit to net zero emissions by 2050. So here I'm speaking about the USA, China, the European Union, United Kingdom, Japan and South Korea. Those countries for a start need to make this net zero, need to make this commitment towards net zero emissions by 2050. 
Now note that most of these countries have already, during the course of the last few months, made that commitment. It now needs to become formal at the upcoming climate change conference. And what is very important is that China will also need to, com- to will also need to make this commitment. So, if we end this climate change negotiations meeting in November this year, and we have the USA and China as part of a new climate change pact that is going to drastically reduce carbon dioxide emissions, there is certainly hope that we will be able to avoid the most dangerous impacts of climate change. What are those most dangerous impacts? If we don't achieve that under 2%, what will happen? Well, it is firstly about sea level rise, and it's secondly about extreme weather events increasing in frequency and intensity across the world. So a main danger is that climate change may become irreversible somewhere between 1.5 and 2 degrees Celsius of global warming in the context of sea level rise becoming irreversible. Specifically, it is quite possible that the Greenland ice sheet may reach a point where it becomes unstable and starts to melt in an irreversible way. And that threshold may exist somewhere between 1.5 and 2 degrees Celsius. Now, it will take millennia for the ice sheet to melt away completely, but it will commit future generations by to a sea level rise in the order of six meters. And if the West Antarctic ice sheet also becomes unstable, which is also possible, it's 12 meters of sea level rise that we are committing future generations to. Under such scenarios, sea level rise may still reach a meter during this century, which, which is enough to displace hundreds of millions of people across the world. Prof, why is Southern Africa described as a hotspot? It's because we are a region that is naturally dry and warm. As South Africans, we all know that we frequently experience drought in this region. But in a warmer world, the Southern African region is likely to become generally drier. And more than that, it's also going to become drastically warmer. When a dry and warm region becomes drastically warmer, there's more heat waves, more frequent droughts, then of course the region is extremely vulnerable in terms of, for example, the maize crop, the cattle industry. Day zero events become a possibility not only in Cape Town but across the entire country in all our major cities. And that of course renders the region a hotspot. It's because of this immense vulnerability in a warmer world. Frightening stuff. That was Professor Francois Engelbrecht of Witz University, who is one of the lead authors of the IPC's sixth climate assessment report. And that's it from Being Green. Till next time, from me, Glynis Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. If we condense the history of Earth into 24 hours, then we've been around for a few seconds. A short time to create havoc yet long enough to know that we have the power to make a difference to our planet. It starts at home, from the moment we wake up and turn on our energy-saving light bulbs. Switch on to a sustainable world with Galinda Moser from Remax Living, our passionate and proud sponsor of Being Green on Fine Music Radio. FM.